Welcome back to Sermon Notes. This is Garland, and I've got Michael and Clark with me today. Yeah. Fellas, how are we? Fantastic. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what he was going to say. Um, <laughs> well, we're uh, we're in a three-week series um, where we kind of pause every year for mission vision. So, Michael, kind of give us the lay of the land, where we're at. we got a lot going on at Fellowship Finnegal right now, which I'm sure we'll talk about. So, uh, yeah, help, help us orient to these three weeks. Yeah, so one of the things Clark often reminds us is that vision leaks. And what he means by that is over time, we get... We get bogged down in the details. We get to thinking about strategies, implementation, and just basically getting from one day to the next in our busy lives. And sometimes we can forget why we're doing all this. And so it's kind of become a tradition around all of our campuses, but certainly here at Fellowship Fayetteville, to take a few weeks in the fall and remind ourselves, why are we gathering for worship? Why are we calling people to be in small groups? Why are we... Um, insisting that people reach out with the gospel. And it's because we're in pursuit of our mission and vision. And Clark, uh, I want to kick it to you. One of the things that you've mentioned, um, and, and we talk about a lot, is we say mission, vision, mission, vision. But there are actually two things. We have a vision for a preferred future, and we have a mission of how we're going to accomplish that. And uh, they feed each other, but they're they're different. Yeah. Yeah, so the mission kind of drives or it becomes our identity or kind of a filtering mechanism for how we go about accomplishing, bringing God glory, uh, fulfilling the Great Commission. So in our language is to produce and release spiritual leaders who know and express the authentic Christ in Northwest Arkansas in the world. And we, when we talk about that, we usually just use the phrase produce and release. And it's in, in the context of leadership. And so that could, in fact, multiply in small group space, women's ministry, men's ministry. Um, it could drive our content and how we apply scripture and help people become mature disciples and reproduce spiritually. So um, so there's that, that part of it. I think the vision thing is more of the preferred future you spoke of, uh, where you're painting a picture on what could be. And maybe that becomes more anecdotal or illustrative life change story. And so mission kind of gives you the framework to take you somewhere. Vision is kind of where you're going. And people want to see and be motivated by, oh, only God could do that. He's done that. Let's see him do more of that. Yeah. Tell me a story. No, that's good, man. And, and, and y'all can, Garland, you can speak into that too, but I think that's how I would distinguish. Yeah, that's, I think it's a good distinction. And I was just going to chime in with when you say our, our vision. So we shorten our mission to produce and release. Our vision is to change the heart and soul of North Arkansas in the world. And we usually um, shorten that to life change. And so we want to see um, people come to know Jesus, follow him, and lead others to do the same. And we really do believe that that will change a person, a family, a community, and eventually the world. Yeah, and I think sometimes our mission vision is easiest captured maybe in story. So like I'll just, just, all those three things. Our ultimate objective is to glorify God. Our vision is to see life change, change the heart and soul of on the world. And our mission, how we get there is to produce and spiritual leaders who know and express authentic Christ, knowing the targets on the world. Uh, I was a, a student, Denville High School, uh, moral, but didn't know the gospel, scared of God, and a police officer who was a producer released leader who was my soap leader. Um, he showed up six years, Wednesday night. He taught me what it looked like to 
um, study the Bible, read the Bible to have character, to have integrity to the extent that I do. Um, and then my life was changed within the 10th grade. And what immediately happened for me was I went, I want to do that. And so I started leading a 10th grade, uh, cell group. So I, now I'm leading sixth grade guys. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's language and organizations have language and, and, um, it, sometimes I think when we talk about mission drift, we go, okay, well, yeah, that's just slogans and language, but when we really get down to like what we're trying to do, um, it's not just a slogan. It's not just a catchy, you know, catchphrase. It's not just something that we kind of pair it around. Um, we really want to see, um, that story reproduced over and over and over again. And it wasn't, was it at the church? It was it through, uh, some, you know, mega pastor somewhere or some uh, senior pastor, it was still a producer release leader who showed up on Wednesday night and took a bunch of knuckleheaded seventh, eighth, ninth and 10th graders through the Bible for years and just showed us what it looked like. And so we really buy into that. We really believe that that's the best way to reach Northwest Arkansas. And so let me, let me put this to you this way. We do have, when I mean, we had full rooms, we're recording this after, uh, in between our first, uh, and second weeks of this series. So we had full rooms in multiple places in Fayetteville. Um, so how does this all work together? Cause I think if you came in from the outside, you might walk in and go, okay, big room, lots of people. This is mega church in action. So how do we make this work? You know, how do we get the engine going? If that's what we're trying to do as producer release leaders. Yeah, I mean, part of it is, you know, the way we're teaching this series is we're thinking through the concentric circles of the own family, ownership by parents of this mission vision. And then also in the context of community, which for us is a primary expression in cell group, where people all across Northwest Arkansas, specifically for us in Fayetteville, they own the marketplace boardrooms, they own their living room, they own parks with cell groups. And they try to accomplish this through small group format. So that's what we call community around here. And then finally, in partnership, as people experience life change and are raised up, they take responsibility for what we call a great commission and they express it in a global way. And so um, for us, you know, in the next six months, it looks like we're going to launch nine global workers um, all over the world to reproduce this mission vision in different ministry contexts with unreached people groups. And so, um, I think that's part of it is, is seeing it through those multiple lenses and figuring out where do our people, where do we as staff take ownership of those three spheres? Um, Michael, you can color in the line. No, that's great. Yeah, I totally agree. And I always hasten to add, I really think this approach is very biblical. Like when we read the new Testament, like we saw this in first Peter, a while back, we studied Ephesians. We're going to see it in Philippians. Um, the way you the way you live your life and interact with people matters, and it matters in the home. It matters in our neighborhoods and communities. All those places Clark just named. And so uh, Jesus used the metaphor of salt and light, and we we believe that our job as the church staff is to equip people to live lives that um, are salty with the gospel and bring the light of the love of Jesus into all these spaces. And so all of our Sermon Notes listeners will be in places that none of the three of us are going to be in this week. They're going to be in schools, homes, neighborhoods, like Clark said, the marketplace, workplaces, ball fields, dance studios, to be salt and light in all those places. Gary Harrell, who discipled me for a long time, he really set 
the course for what community ministry is at Fellowship. He still worships with us in Fayetteville. He would always tell me, I don't want to pile my salt up at the Fellowship campus. I want to sprinkle that salt all over the place. And that's still our vision today. And we really think that personal ownership of the Great Commission coupled with a vision for small group ministry is the best way to do that. And it's, Garland, it's why we celebrate the people that God is bringing to us on a Sunday morning in a building and as crowded or as uncomfortable as it can be in the parking and all that experience. Um, We need to celebrate that as opportunity. Um, But part of the gathering is also to scatter them and to be that salt and light. And, um, and so if those that are coming don't own the idea of now being scattered, um, to be a a viable witness, integrity in the marketplace, um, joy in their work, um, mamas and daddies, grandmas and grandpas who can own the great commission in the home, the next generation, um, then there's gotta be a partnership there because so much of what we do in our ministry philosophy doesn't happen on Sunday morning. In fact, there's only two or three gifts that are highlighted, if you will, on Sunday morning. And so the rest of the week, it matters. Whoever's listening to this right now, um, we want you to own it um, throughout the week. Yeah, it's interesting. Jesus, you know, that salt and light passage, Sermon on the Mount, I'm actually going to be using some of that passage on Sunday on the East Campus, uh, our East Venue. And uh, I think it's interesting that he says, uh, you're a light of the world, a city, set on a hill. I think we see that. And it's easy when we read the Bible, I think, to immediately kind of individualize that. Okay, I'm supposed to be lied. And, uh, but just think of the metaphor. A city, you can't be a city by yourself. Uh, but we're going to talk about this uh, on Sunday, at least uh, over at the Hill School. You can't be a city by yourself. And all the pieces that make a city work, um, from the really glorious, glamorous things to the, the guys that take out the trash. I mean, the stuff that makes a city work. Um, you can't do that um, by yourself. It, ne- it, necess- it necessarily requires community. It necessarily requires other people. And so, um, you know, I think that the fear always here at Fellowship, and, you know, we've all, we've all been here for a really long time, is um, I think the fear is that you can come and sit and take and be a part of it and watch. And, man, Fellowship, it, it's kind of, it's just going to be kind of a big, almost theater in that sense. And you're really not getting to step into what the church is really called to be. And if you're listening to this and you're part of, a, you know, maybe you're a small group leader or you're discipling people, maybe you just listen to this um, uh, because somebody sent it to you. We want to get all of us involved in the city. And uh, that's that's sometimes easier said than done, but um, we're going to work as hard as we can to make that happen. And we got a bunch of ways um, that we'll be talking about these next few weeks to just enable you and us as well. Uh, to kind of do our part in the city. Now, one of the things in our city that I think might be on people's minds this week, and it might be worth speaking to here, um, we had two places that we gathered on Sunday. I was here, Michael, you were here on the West Campus here on 112, but we also had a gathering of people over at the Hill School. So why are we doing this? What is going on around here? Yeah, so I, I want to speak to the why, and then I want to get to Clark to talk about the experience, because he actually was at the Hill School and taught over there. Um, there's two big whys. Number one is, in this Mission Vision series, we saw an opportunity to say to our folks who live in East Fayetteville, 
You can be on mission right here where you live. You don't have to go across town to be on mission. In fact, we need you to be on mission in the Asbel Leverett Parish, in the Butterfield Parish, in the Vandergrift Parishes, um, Washington Elkins Parish. We need people there who are reaching into their neighborhoods, their schools, their workplaces for Christ. And we could highlight that by gathering in that space. And so that was the by far the number one driver. The number two thing, though, and we, we have to say this was a success, however it was measured things, um, was we knew we were going to need um, an outlet uh, to, to increase just our seating and parking capacity. And so speaking for someone who was at our main campus, um, our you know Fellowship Babel campus, we were virtually full at 9 and beyond full at 1045. Seating, parking lot, everything was full. And so, man, I want to say thanks to the folks who worshiped on the east side, uh, because if you had not made the decision to worship there, whether you thought it was a good idea or not at the time, uh, man, you made room for a lot of people, a lot of college students. I think we had a lot of first-time guests. I get the the I'm news when people hit the I'm new hashtag and we had a lot of people who were here for the first time. So it was it did work as far as making room so that we could provide a better experience for a lot of first-time guests on a Sunday we knew was going to be busy. So I appreciate the people who helped us make that work. Uh, Clark, what was the experience like for the East? Well, as I mentioned in a little video I sent out, uh, there was a buzz in the room. It was a family service. And so uh, there's easily four generations, maybe up to five, um, from what I was watching uh, from afar. And this is really fun to uh, see the generations together and uh, and just feel the energy in the room of something that felt kind of pioneerish, if you will. And so set up chairs, took chairs down. It was a little warm at second service. And it was just... I, you know, it wasn't all perfectly put together, um, but we were all worshiping together. And we sang the blessing song that closed the service and celebrated that. So that was, that was really good. And um, so I, anyway, I just think when you take your eyes off yourself and you worship with one another and you're glorifying God in that space, it reminds you that we're not doing this for us. Um, and the glory of our kingdom. And so... That was fun, and, and we needed extra leaders to jump in, and they did. We had people serving, parking folks, managing the community booth, and coffee, and that was really cool. Um, well, I think this what what this does speak to, and I'll, I'll try to summarize this, two, two things. We want to be a kingdom church, and we partner with tons of local organizations to have an impact in our community. We partner with a lot of parachurch ministries, um, admissions on the campus um, that call this place home. We need to continue that as well. We also believe in how God is using other churches here in this town as well. We're partnering with some of them in spaces as well. And part of that is what made our experience on the east side happen. And so the couple that owns and runs the Hill School, they go to Cross Church, and they made their space available for us. And it was a huge kingdom win. Yeah. We we prayed for those churches. Yeah. And uh, so I think that that was a win as well. Um, but I also think it speaks to, Garland, what you're saying. I mean, Northwest Arkansas is growing. Fayetteville is growing from a population perspective. We still think that 80% of those who call Fayetteville home 
are technically not part of or inside a church on a Sunday morning. And so there's opportunity for the gospel to go out and forward. Um, with those things in place, uh, can just one fellowship Fayetteville experience um, over here on 112 sustain our mission and vision? And it feels like God's pushing us into spaces that are uncomfortable. Now, this team that's that you're listening to right now, we work in tandem and answer to and trust our elders and their authority as they make plans for future growth of all of fellowship. And so what I've been telling people is that we're going to need to grow in Western Washington County. Yep. Uh, we're going to need to grow in Western Benton County. Yep. And we're going to need to grow on the east side of all our communities, all the way up the corridor. And so if you're going to be part of this church experience, then I'm going to have to invite you into loving change <laughs> and embracing growth and playing your part in the micro spaces, right? As a spiritual leader has been released. And so this is so much bigger than what's happening on the east side. You know, it's what's happening in Northwest Arkansas as only the Great Commission in that space. And it's a bigger fellowship question. It's not just a fellowship favor. Yeah. And and we in Fayetteville, we need to remember um, this church started in Rogers. And a lot of us for years were driving up to Rogers because of the Bible teaching, the philosophy ministry, all the things that make fellowship um, a, a great place to be part of a family of faith. Um, and the people at Fellowship Rogers had a vision um, to start something in Fayetteville and then in Bentonville. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're we're following along in that kind of historical pathway. And I want our listeners, wherever you are, if you're in North of Arkansas, which most of you are, to think about not just Fayetteville. Um, how do we get the gospel into Elkins and Farmington and Prairie Grove and Lincoln and out toward Goshen? I mean, our heart as a church is to press the good news of Jesus into all of these communities and all the neighborhoods in Fayetteville. And one of the things we've said at Fellowship for a long time, and I think it's still compelling, it was compelling in the 90s, it's compelling today, is someone made room for you. Fellowship started as a small group with seven families, and they made room for more families who made room for more families. Mm -hmm. Eventually, we made room for all these families in Fayetteville. So if you're part of fellowship, someone made room for you. How will you help make room for someone else to come and experience what you've experienced in Christ? Yeah, and I think, I mean, as you were talking, Clark, I'm meeting more people that they're moving here because of, you know, some of the opportunities and jobs and stuff. They're moving here from the coasts. They're moving here from uh, big cities. They're moving here from not the South. And there's a ton of students moving here from Texas and moving here from all over the country. We got students here from literally dozens and dozens and dozens of countries. And uh, when I think of that, um, and I, when I see the campus, U of A growing, the city growing, and again, we're, we were voted you know last year the third best place to live. I mean, it's cool. It's awesome. And I think it's easy. It can be easy for mission to drift and to almost get a sense that we've arrived. Like, look, we've planned this thing seven years ago. And it's full. It's great. Um, and what I'm hearing is while we're doing our mission vision, this is kind of why we're having even this kind of honest conversation here is we, that's not how we look at it. There are people all over our city and more people coming here every day. They don't know Jesus. Right. And they don't know the story of Jesus. And they are chasing things that won't satisfy just like we know. And we chase things that didn't satisfy and still sometimes chase things that don't satisfy. 
Mm. And there's one that can. And that's why we're in this thing. Right. And so um, I'm not I don't I'm not ready to stop. I, I mean, there's people all over the place that need that good news of Jesus. And man, that's always been the heartbeat of fellowship. It's always been our I mean, if we're talking about our mission vision, obviously. But that's what it gets down to. Back to those stories. Uh, I'm a product of this church. I'm a direct product of what the mission and vision of this church is. And I want to see more people uh, have that story, whether they're seventh, eighth, ninth grader like I was, uh, or they're uh, we had we had, a, we had a person come to know the Lord in his sixties last like, couple weeks. Ago, right. so and baptized in a couple yeah. Weeks. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Clark, you had it, you had stuff you wanted to add. I was going to throw the the global and the nosu and all the other stuff we're doing around here. We're working on translating the gospel uh, as Luke yeah. into uh, Luke's been finished uh, and our nosu right. translation. Fellowship Faples part uh, partnered with a, a church translate or a Bible translation um, project in the largest Bible translation that's not been done for the largest uh, language group in the world. And we've taken personal responsibility as Fellowship Fayetteville to see that happen. And Luke's been accomplished and they're still working. And it's going to cost probably several million dollars and take about 15 or 20 years. Yeah. And we're in year one. And I just want to make sure people remember that. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, we're going to highlight that. Yeah. Folks kind of bring us to, up to speed on that as well. Uh, hey, let me, let's end this with a, well, a practical thing here. Um, if you've if, if you've been in our city in Fayetteville the last few weeks and and you've noticed the students back and the traffic, there's a couple of ways that we can respond. And there are times where I'm like, where are all these people come from, and why are they in my way? <laughs> They're in front of me at slams so that I can get home and be comfortable. Right. Or we can see the the people that God is bringing to our community and go, God, how gracious are you? to give us an opportunity and bring them to us so that mm -hmm. we can be a blessing to the world, to the nations, to the thousand international students, to every person on college when I'm trying to turn left, <laughs> that's coming the other way. In, instead of me being angry or frustrated or impatient, how can I walk in through the spirit and say, thank you, God, they need the gospel and I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that's a lesson for me. Oh, for all of us. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. You know, Garland, our listeners may be thinking, this is not the normal sermon notes. Like this, <laughs> normally we're like, what are we going to do? Well, there's clausal layouts. Here's the thing. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're clamoring. Let's grammar. No one. <laughs> you, they all know what a henna clause is. <laughs> but let me just say this as we're wrapping up. Um, the, the original idea of sermon notes was, Garland, you and I saying to each other, I wish... Um, community group leaders and people who worship here could just be in on these conversations as we're talking about the passages. Man, today, this is what we're talking about in our office. And so if you wonder, what do Clark and Garland and Michael, we all office together. A lot of people don't know we don't have the individual offices in a fellowship faith, but we're all in there together. For yeah. better or worse, for y'all's sake. Yeah, uh, I like it personally, um, but I'm a people person. What are we talking about? We're talking about this. What are we praying about? We're praying about this. What do we wake up thinking about this, the things that we've shared on this podcast? And so this is really the ultimate example of what you and I originally envisioned, which is just bringing people in on the conversations that are happening with our church staff. And so I want to invite our listeners to just join us in praying and asking God, what's next for Fellowship Fable? And then the same question the three of us are asking the Lord, how do you want me to be part of that? And 
man, I think the more people who are praying about this and asking those questions before the Lord, um, we're going to see him move. We've seen him do some amazing things at Fellowship Fable, and I personally want to see him do even more. Yeah, well, this has been a, a an honest conversation, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got to um, even just sort of share. I think we got more excited as we were going here. Um, if you are uh, listening to this and you've got people in your community group or maybe people that you run with, people in your family that are Maybe you've seen some mission drift or they're wondering what's going on around here. Just feel free to share this with them. Um, uh, we want this to be the heartbeat of our church. Uh, we want to see lives changed as we make disciples, produce and release leaders to the glory of God. That's why we're here. And so thanks as always for joining us and have a great week.